Well, good morning, everybody. It's lovely to be here, lovely to be together. I'm Sean, so we're going to look at a few things today to encourage us as we're living out our Christian faith on a daily basis. So we're continuing with this wonderful series that we're doing for mission for 2023. And as we know, we're looking at things like words, which are the words that we say, works, which are the actions we take, the things that we do, and wonders, which is that supernatural element of our faith, where only God does what God does, and he chooses to do those wonderful things, often through his people, and that's us, and so what a privilege, when we're praying for people, and God whispers something into your ears, a word of encouragement for that person, when we pray for healing, and we see pain go from people's bodies, that's amazing, and when we encourage people, and pray for something into a situation and we see results and God moving in the lives of those around us. Those are all wonders and fantastic and what a privilege it is to be sort of part of that. Okay, so our focus for today is going to be sharing our faith um, in word and in deed through our lifestyle and through our words. Now then, has anybody been out for a meal and you go with friends or a group of friends and the menus come and you have three choices on the menu if you're in a sort of run-of-the-mill restaurant. You have your starters, your mains and your desserts. Now who's the kind of starter and main person? Hands up. Okay, lovely. Who would rather skip a starter and save themselves for dessert? And who's a mains and desserts? Oh, look at all those hands. Who is, I don't really, you know, eat a lot of food, so just a mains will really fill me up. Just mains only? Oh, just the one, Helen. Gosh. <laughs> Very good self-control there. <laughs> and sometimes we get the menus and there's choices on the starters. There's your sort of starters, which you can have all to yourself. Your soup of the day, your garlic mushrooms, your prawn cocktail, which is my favourite. And you can have these starters all to yourself. And then there's the sharing platter. Who likes a sharing platter? Who likes to share their starters with their friends and family? I hate that. I just want to keep my starter all to myself. I don't want anybody dipping into my starter. So we have this choice, don't we? We have our own little starter that we keep all to ourselves, or we have the sharing platter where we share openly and willingly with those people who've come out for a meal with us. And when we consider sharing our faith, those things that we believe, our relationship with Jesus, our stories of what God has done in our lives, to those people in our world and to those around us, it's a little bit like that, isn't it? Is it like me over here with my starter, me and my sort of relationship with God, me and God, me and my ticket to heaven, this is me and God, this is my personal faith? Or are we like that sharing platter where we are sharing our stories, sharing what God has done in our lives. This was me before I met Jesus and this was me now after I met Jesus. And like, come, taste, see, share, come, come, taste, come, come and taste to see that the Lord is good. And there's a, a verse in Psalm and it talks about that and it talks about taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in me. And so when we consider our daily life, those people in our lives, in our schools, in our offices, where we spend our time, on our street, wherever we are, <clears throat> are we like sharing our faith openly when the opportunities come? Now, can I just say that 
I'm not up here standing saying, I've got this, and I find this really easy. <laughs> because sometimes, because pet faith is like a personal thing, isn't it? It can be terrifying actually sharing your personal beliefs and your stories and your personal stories with people, especially if they're strangers. Sometimes it's really difficult, sometimes it's really challenging, and sometimes it can be really nerve-wracking. So I want to encourage us all today, especially if we're a bit newer to our faith, and we're sort of fleshing out what we are now believing, and God is moving and changing us inside, and how that is going to pan out on our daily life. So we're going to look at some things to hopefully encourage us as we continue to do that. Because I know as a church and as a group of people here, we do this, but I just want to encourage us so we continue to as we go into the season ahead. Okay, are you with me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, needs a drink now. Oh, it's all that salty sharing platter. <laughs> all those deep fried chicken breasts and breaded chicken, deep fried mushrooms, <laughs> onion rings. Okay, so let's have a look. So when we consider our daily lives, are the people we're kind of sharing our lives with and sort of witnessing to, seeing in us that sort of life-changing stuff that Jesus does in our lives, are they kind of seeing honesty and compassion and kindness and integrity in us and a serving heart? And... Um, you know, this can really take us out of our comfort zone sometimes, can't it, where we're talking about what we believe to those people around us. But you know what? Who really wants to stay in their comfort zone all of the time? I don't, because it's really boring. And that's how we grow, isn't it? When we step out of our comfort zone and we challenge ourselves, that is how we grow, that's how we live, and that is how we see results, by sort of challenging ourselves. Now, during COVID, we had um, some lovely friends who lived close by, who were quite elderly, and they were going through a difficult time, as everybody was through COVID. And the husband became unwell and had to go into hospital for surgery and sadly died a few months later. So Adam and I decided that we would really like to help support this lovely couple just by doing some things where we were showing some kindness and some compassion and just for them to know that we were there for them if they needed anything. So we'd do a bit of shopping, we'd run some errands, we'd drop things off by the back door for them and we'd just like to kind of keep in touch with them because it was a very lonely time, wasn't it? Particularly for some of our elderly sort of um, friends and villagers and the people, neighbours and things. And so um, towards the end of the, the gentleman's life, we, we had the privilege, when the restrictions eased, to actually go in and pray for this gentleman. And that was a real honour and a real privilege to just doing these like little, just simple, small things on a daily basis really give us the opportunity to then be able to go in and pray for him in his last sort of days on this earth. And that was a real privilege. And that's just like something small, how we can just show kindness uh, to the around us because it really does the things that we do the things that we say or acts really do go a long way with people and that's really important <clears throat> 
So when we consider where we're spending our time, where we work, where we're in college, where we volunteer, where we're with our families, looking after our families or whatever we're doing, are we turning up on time? Are we doing our job well? And these are some really challenging questions to kind of remind ourselves, aren't they? Are we skiving off? I once remember somebody relaying a story of a colleague in work that at a certain time of the afternoon, they would pick up their newspaper and they would depart for some time and they wouldn't return for quite a while and this was a habit of this gentleman and what was happening was you know that sort of afternoon slump <laughs> after lunch they'd be off having a little sleep <laughs> in a working day on you know working time I find that quite funny but you know <laughs> are we skiving off are we kind of criticizing our colleagues or are we sort of running our bosses down and so you know, it's important that we're just doing like a little daily check on our hearts and our lives and we're asking ourselves these questions sometimes so that we are, you know, like living our best life for Jesus when we're out there in front of people because people really do notice these things. And one of the things in work, I teach some adult learning and so I have a classroom of some students and uh, I make it a real, like a personal rule never to talk about other students behind their back to other students. And I always make it a personal rule to never criticize or talk about my bosses in a derogatory way. I have very good bosses and I wouldn't need to do that anyway, but sometimes people in the culture that we live in just sort of slander their bosses quite openly, joining in conversations that are really not very appropriate. And some places we find this more so. And I think sometimes in some sort of hair salons, particularly for us ladies, you can walk into a hair salon and, um, you know, you sit down, everyone's staring at you, and then maybe occasionally some personal stories might arise and then you feel you're being talked about because that person has then just talked to you about their previous client all their sort of personal life issues, and then you're sitting in the chair thinking, gosh, am I going to be next? <laughs> and it's a horrible feeling when you think you're going to be talked about, um, and all your business is going to be sort of shared with the next person or the whole salon when you leave. And um, sometimes we can find ourselves in these situations. We're just talking about people and gossiping and relaying personal or inappropriate information is just, is just normal and acceptable, isn't it? And um, you know, that is why in church life we really need to guard our hearts and our mouths because how hypocritical would it be if any of us were gossiping or relaying some stories about other people because this world is bad enough as it is, isn't it? It's acceptable socially and it's the thing that most people kind of do. But as Christians, as people who love Jesus and are walking with Jesus, let's just remind ourselves to sometimes just take stop and think, I'm not going to join in in that conversation, or that information is absolutely not going anywhere else because it, it's personal. And, you know, people really do notice these things. And young people and children especially, I want to encourage you, let this be the way you lead your life. Because people will respect you and trust you. Because nobody likes and nobody trusts a gossip. Believe me, absolutely not. 
And so another thing that is sometimes quite challenging is being a great team player. And a lot of people can sometimes really struggle in a team, can't they? So how we're sort of living out our daily lives through our words and our actions and our lifestyle and things like this, it's to be, continue to be that really great team player. <clears throat> now, sometimes people can be like this little miss or little Mr. Independent over here doing their own thing, thinking they are always right, my ideas are always best, maybe not listening to others or giving others the floor. But instead, let's continue to be kind and gracious and always be that bigger person, giving value to those, even if our idea was actually better. <laughs> be that bigger person and continue to be. Because these things are little and daily actions, whether they're big or small, the choices and the decisions that we make and we live out is like living out our mission on a daily basis. Being as Christ-like as possible so people know you. People will get to trust you. People will say, there's something different about that person. I can trust that person. You can tell they are a Christian. They really do kind of live out what they believe. And that is a really good thing. In Matthew, it talks, we know the story where it's like a, be like a city on a hill or like a town on a hill that everybody sees. You cannot hide this city or this town on a hill because it is there for all to see. And similarly, the verse where it talks in Luke and in Matthew about lighting a light and being, we sang about it this morning, didn't we? Be a, a light that shines out so everybody can see. Living out our Christian lives, being missional, being as sort of, Believers of Jesus. And just to illustrate this, what that Bible verse says, it's like, do you light a light? This is your life, a light for all to see. And then put a bowl over it so nobody can see your good works and your sort of efforts, your conversations and your stories about Jesus. Do we like hide that light from others? Or do we light that light and let Jesus' life and love and power move in and through our words and in and through our actions and in and through our serving? And as we live our lives out missionally every day in those small choices, those big decisions, those things we're about to say, but, oh, I'm not going to say that, to that hand of help and support and kindness to those around us. Let your light shine. And I know we all do that. And I just want to encourage you to keep doing it as our world is getting darker and darker and darker. Let us as believers become brighter and brighter and brighter because Jesus is in us. He lives in our hearts and where we go, he goes. We can't just lock him out or leave him in there. We kind of are living it out every day. Okay, and so how we do our life every day is the witness. And so it is really important that when we allow Jesus through the Holy Spirit to do that deep work of love and change in our lives, let others see it because it's for them too. Let them see your life before Jesus and let them see your life after Jesus. So we're not living two lives. We're not living like the secular life. This is me in the week doing my thing, 
whatever, with my friends, whatever, saying whatever, doing whatever. And then this is my sacred life. Oh, Sunday, better get up, better show face, better go to church, better say my prayers, better be good. (gasps) And so we're not living two separate lives, but we're continuing to live this life where it is all-encompassing that Jesus lives in us and we are sharing him through our words and actions, lifestyle and choices. Okay, so we're just going to quickly move on. So, that's not how Jesus wants us to live, is it? We take him everywhere with us. There is no divide. We walk as citizens of the kingdom every day in every sphere of our lives and wherever we go and hang out. Does that mean that we are perfect and always get it right? Absolutely not. But we are living intentionally in our faith and seizing the moments and opportunities when they come to share Jesus with others in like a normal appropriate, you know, us way that only sort of we can tell our story because this is our personal experience. This is our genuine faith with others. So we are just on the level who we are. This is the change in me. Before I knew Jesus, I was, me personally, fearful, scared of dying, had a lot of health anxiety, Um, carried a lot of resentment, quite a bit of anger, didn't really know where to go with that, so that would sort of come out in uh, inappropriate relationships sometimes and with those I loved sometimes. But then when I met with Jesus, I changed. It wasn't overnight by no means, and as we go through life, we pick stuff up and get into stuff, but we're allowing the work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus in us, to change us, to soften us, We give that anger and resentment and bitterness to him. He does an amazing work and he replaces it with love and forgiveness and peace. And then we are changed and people see those differences in us, whether that was when we were a child, whether it was last year, whether it was last week. And so we allow God to just move and change us as we become these like new creations, as we have this clean slate because we say yes to Jesus, because that is why he came to this earth to have have a relationship with us because he knew we were fallen and messed up and we were going to mess up and so that was the way that we could come to God by choosing Jesus saying sorry for those things we've done wrong accepting him into our lives and walking with him in the power of the Holy Spirit and trusting in him and giving him the life that he has given us and so there is no divide And so sometimes when we're talking about our faith, sharing our faith, sometimes it's families that it's the hardest with. You know, they kind of know your warts and all. And sometimes when maybe you've become a Christian and found this amazing relationship and your family maybe not so and they're like, what is going on? You know, sometimes those are the hardest conversations to have, aren't they? And um, I remember, for example... Uh, my father was not a Christian. He went to a Baptist Sunday school and we'd often have lots of conversations about church because I was going to church and became a Christian as sort of a young person. And so he was like waving his Sunday school certificate at me saying, this is my ticket to heaven. I don't need to come to church. This is my ticket to heaven. I'm all right. 
And I used to think, oh my goodness, if only it was that simple. And one day he was um, unwell and he had to go into hospital for surgery. And I can remember thinking, right, Sean, this is it, this is it. You have to sit down and have a serious conversation with your dad. Your mum's in heaven. How heartbreaking would it be for you to get to heaven and not see your father there? You need to have this conversation. You've known about your faith for 20 years. You've had various conversations with him. He's sort of, you know... Oh, yes, not for me, not for me, not for me on many occasions, but this is it. This is where the rubber hits the road. And so I remember the day before he goes in to have his surgery, sitting down on the sofa with him and saying, Right, Dad, you know what I believe. Yes, yes, I know what you believe. And tomorrow you're going into hospital for surgery. But what if you don't come out? And um, he looked at me. I was like, Well, you know, what if you don't come out? And, uh, you know, do you know where you're going? If you died tonight, would you know that you would definitely be going to heaven? You can't base that just on a piece of paper from a Sunday school, like, 65 years ago. I mean, maybe at that time he he did have an experience, but he certainly sort of didn't um, kind of live like he he did at that time. And he softened, and God opened his heart, and I was able to pray a prayer with him, where he acknowledged Jesus as his, like, you know, God and Savior. And he got right with God the day before he went into surgery. And then we were blessed with 18 months with him. And uh, I just had great peace knowing that when he did eventually die, and he did, that he would be safely in heaven with Jesus. And so that was a wonderful experience and a real honor. But it took me 20 odd years to build up the courage to sit down with my dad and have that frank conversation. And sometimes these things are very scary. And uh, I don't know why, they, they just are, I think. And so here we see the disciples on the early church really living out their Christian lives. And there are many practical accounts of how they served and cared in their communities. And they witnessed to people and they mingled and they lived out their faith on a daily basis. And there's one in particular I would like to focus on as we close this time together this morning. And that is the story of Lydia of Thyatira in Philippi. I did my PowerPoint like the purple cloth those of you familiar with the story of Lydia. There we go, see? And um, we are going to read her account here. So basically, Paul and Silas and Timothy are kind of on their missionary journeys, and so they get on a boat, and they sail from uh, Atreos, and they sail straight across to the island of Samothrace, and then they get on um, and move on to Neapolis, and then the next day, and then they stay here in Philippi, where they stay for several days, which was a major city and a district of Macedonia. It was a Roman colony. Colony. Okay, so we'll pick up here, Acts 16. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. And she said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded me. And so we can see this persuasive businesswoman, in a sense, kind of 
swinging straight into action and using her gifts straight away. So she has this like searching heart. Because in Philippi at that time, they didn't have a synagogue. And so if they wanted to like pray and worship God, they would kind of gather down at the river. So that was like the place to go if you were like, you know, a bit religious or whatever. And so Paul kind of with his friends kind of knew where people who were perhaps searching would be hanging out. And so that's why there was like no sort of synagogue church building as such in that town at that time. Okay, and so here we see this kind of like outdoor small group <laughs> instantly birthed because it says her household followed as well. And she got baptized straight away. I mean, why not? There they were at the river. And so here we see this wonderful story where there was a lady who was searching for the truth and the Lord opened up her heart through Paul and Silas and Timothy's words and actions turning up there, witnessing, talking about Jesus. And there this lady became like a follower of Jesus and instantly got baptized. And then it says her whole household turned and then immediately she used her gifts and her talents to serve in hospitality for Paul and his friends. And we can only imagine some of the conversations that took place in Lydia's home with, you know, those people. How wonderful that would, must have been. And so we see that Lydia was this successful businesswoman who was obviously searching. And here we see her encounter with the living Jesus and then her life changed and how she moved into serving and living missionally in her life. And this really speaks to me that whoever we are, Whatever we do, our jobs and skills and gifts and talents and where we spend our time can play a huge role in God's kingdom purposes, can't they? Regardless of wherever we have been, whoever we are, where we've come from, what we do, we all have a story. All are important and we can all be hospitable. We can use our homes or just our time to give to people. And from that, use that as a springboard to talk about your faith. Let them ask you questions, offer to pray for people. This was me before Jesus, this was me after. Be honest. And this is how we live missionally every day, using our words and our choices and our lifestyle to show that light that Jesus is in us and he is real. And he's not just for 2,000 years ago, but he's for absolutely today as well. And so I want to encourage us to keep doing this and when we feel challenged, just to know it's not just about you. And we do this, not because it's like, oh, you should do this, but it's out of a place of love. And it's out of a place of what Jesus has done for us. We have been forgiven much. We are loved much. We are cherished children of God. We are citizens of the kingdom. This is not go and tell others. This is because Jesus is amazing. Look what he's done in my life. And I really want you to have this too. I want you to have this opportunity too. Because I know that it is real. And it's not just about this earth, but it's about eternity. And that is what is ultimately what we're investing in here on planet earth. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you so much for the work you've done in our lives when we choose you, when we say sorry for the things we've done wrong, when we invite you into our hearts and lives to be our like, leader, friend, father. 
And uh, when we do that, we can trust you, God, with our futures, with our future in this earth and in heaven. We thank you for your changing power, that you can do only what you can do. We thank you for those people who have led us to you, who had the courage to tell us their story, to offer, to pray for us, to invite us to a church service, an Alpha gathering, to read a book, to read a pamphlet, to send a link to something that would be of interest. We thank you so much for using those people that you've placed in our lives. Let us be those people that you use in others' lives, Lord, as we continue to serve you in our day-to-day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.